You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Christ is risen, preaches the prophet Micah, in order to feed his flock in the power of the Lord. That's Micah 5.2. Micah 5.4, which is after Micah 5.2 that Jesus will be born in Bethlehem. And that, dear saints, is my best guess as to why we have Good Shepherd Sunday in the shadow of Easter. That Jesus is raised to, to feed his flock. He is not raised for himself, but for us. Just as he was crucified and ascended, not for himself, but for us. And even now, Jesus sits at the Father's right hand to rule and to govern all things in heaven and on earth, not for his own sake, but for the benefit of his little flock, the church. And this is something that we consider this morning. But on the way there, I'd like to talk about something else, something that's come up. I I think this topic has come up about 20 times in the last two weeks in various different conversations with you all and with other people, and that is this question, how, as we live between the resurrection of Jesus and his return for us in glory, how do we determine what God's will is for our lives? And you've asked me that, and you've been troubled about that, and you've been worried about it, so I think it's going to be good for us to think about it together. Now, here's what I see, how most people think about this, and in fact, I'll admit that I'm tempted to think this way also. First, we think that God has a certain thing for us to do, a certain way for us to go, that there's one, uh, when there's one option, and every other option is wrong. And we especially think about this when it's time for a big decision, when it's time to, to take another job or time to go away to college or time to get married or time to move to this place or to that place or whatever. And we imagine that our next step is like the step, is like the next step that we take if we're walking on a tightrope. There's, when you're walking a tightrope, there's one right place to put your foot <laughs> and a lot of wrong places to put it. <laughs> and so we think that God has one thing for us to do. One right decision, one right choice to make, and that anything else will be wrong. And then, next, while we think that God has one right thing for us to do, we are also convinced that 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 next step is a mystery. It's a step in the dark. It's a secret that God hasn't told us what that next step is. We know, all of us know, that God has not sent us a letter in the mail that says, Dear Saint, please move to Dust Bowl, Texas and study marmot husbandry and go at the West Texas Community College and get married to Teresa Sima and name your first child Fred and live on the corner of Elm and Third. Signed, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we don't have that clarity. So that the next step is not, is not, is not sure for us. So then, third, We are tempted to try to sort out what that next step is, what God's will for our next step in our life is, that one right thing to do. We try to figure out the secret. 
sometimes we talk about open doors. God opened those doors and He closed those doors or something like that. Or we talk about things falling into place. It just seems right or everything felt right. Or, and I think this is most often what we talk about, we talk about the signs. These signs are the little hints at what, what God's hidden will is. Little clues that we have to look for and, in, and, and interpret to figure out what that one next step is. And especially, now you know this, I know it too, when we're unsure about what we should do next, then we're always looking for the signs. Everywhere we go, we're looking for signs. Everywhere we go, we're seeing signs. And every coincidence, every little thing that happens to us, we interpret like a little whisper from heaven. Now, I think looking at it this way, sitting here on Sunday morning, we can see that this is probably a little bit silly. But in the midst of trouble, you know this as well as I, in the midst of trouble, when we're stuck, when we don't know what to do, all of us are pushed in this direction. In thinking that, that God has a singular thing for us to do, that it's a secret, and that we have to interpret what it is by the signs. But, but not only, dear saints, is this silly, it is in fact wrong. And it is also dangerous. Now, there's probably a lot of things that we can say about this, but here are a few for us to think about. First, God never promised to give you signs and hints about the things you can do. And to expect God to give you those signs, to expect that from God, is to expect from Him something that He never promised, and this is tempting God. In fact, looking for signs that God has not promised is a kind of witchcraft. It's trying to get access to the future, to the hidden knowledge of God that He has not given us access to. First point. Second point. To think that we need something more from God that He hasn't given us, that we need another word from God, that we need another piece of direction from God, that we don't have enough information to know what to do next. In other words, to expect this is to deny the sufficiency of God's Word, of the Scripture. If God wants you to know something, He will tell you. And He, in fact, will make it so sure that He'll have one of His prophets or His apostles write it down for you so that he knows what you want him to think, what, what he wants you to think, so that you cannot miss it. Third, to think that there is only one right thing for us to do, only one right step for us to take, only one right option in our future, is to be bound where God has not bound us. There are hundreds and thousands of right and good things for you to do with your life. Even this afternoon. You could go to lunch with your friends. You could call your family. You could take a nap. You could do your taxes. You could read some more on the verses that we're going to study in Bible class from Second Peter. You are free regarding these things. Now, this freedom, of course, has limits, you are not free to rob a bank. <laughs> God has told you, you shall not steal. You are not free to skip church. God has told you, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You are not free to curse your neighbor or sit around angry. In other words, you're not free to sin. 
But in all the different vocations that God has given us, there are thousands of ways that we might live and love our neighbor. And this is just as true with the big questions in our life as it is with the small questions in our life. You are free to love God and to love the neighbors that the Lord has given you. And fourth, the consequence of looking for signs about God's secret will for the future are, are, are all, almost all bad. First, they get, we end up blaming God for our mistakes. If we do the wrong thing, then it was God leading us down the, the, the wrong path. And then on the other hand, all of this, this way of looking for God's signs about what we should do next, it takes away from us the opportunity to be both wise and courageous, both things that the Lord has commanded us to be. Do you see, dear saints, that we stand and face the future as Christians who are set free by the gospel and placed in our various vocations by God to love our neighbor. And we are called in this place to live a life of wisdom and of courage. We don't look at the future as some sort of secret to be sorted out through secret signs. But instead, we ask this question. What is my station in life according to the Ten Commandments? And we pray for wisdom, trusting that the Lord hears and answers this prayer. The Lord does not need to tell you what His will for you is. He has already told you. It is His Ten Commandments. And these, I am sure, are enough to keep us busy without adding more to it. So, if we're thinking, for example, about moving to, for, for work or for school or for whatever reason, we ask the question, can I keep the third commandment in that place? Can I go to a church and hear the gospel preached and receive the Lord's Supper? If there's no church in the place where I want to move and I have a choice whether to move there or not, then I can't go. It would be breaking the Lord's law. But if there's good churches in all of these different places, then I am free to sort out what I think is best. Now, of course, that's not the only question we ask. I mean, the Ten Commandments, there's ten of them. <laughs> but this is an example of how the Ten Commandments intersect with our freedom. Or, or when it's time to get married, we don't imagine that the Lord has picked one right person for us, the mysterious soulmate, and we're reading the signs from heaven trying to figure it all out. We ask is this person honorable? Is this person a Christian, a Lutheran, who will bring our children to the font and teach them to pray and to, to learn the Scriptures and the Catechism? And if so, then we are free, and we ask the Lord for wisdom, and we do what seems best to us. What is my station in life according to the Ten Commandments? This is the question that determines what we do. And it gives us a wonderful freedom in this life as we live under the care of our Lord Jesus who loved us and who died for us and was raised for us. And one other thing, I think about this. You know, sometimes we get stuck and we don't know what to do. And in these situations, it's good to listen to the counsel of friends who are wise. And in this situation, we rejoice in being part of the Lord's church where the Lord is teaching us all how to be wise. And so the key is this. Look for someone who has more white hair than you <laughs> and ask them to have a cup of coffee 
and talk through how you're stuck and ask them to pray for you. We rejoice that the Lord Jesus has given us in this congregation a large deposit of wisdom. (laughs) And we are thankful for this. Now, in all of this, in all of it, we sin. I mean, even when we're considering our life according, our station in life according to the Ten Commandments, we sin. We fail. We break God's law. We, we do the wrong thing even when we know what the right thing is to do. And that's why Luther, when he's teaching us to go and confess our sins, he teaches us to ask the same question. Consider your station in life according to the Ten Commandments. And when we consider this, not only do we know what to do, but we also know what we should repent of. Because no matter how hard we try, we fail. We fail to love our neighbors we should. We fail to honor God as we should. We are sinners. We all, this is how Peter describes us in the epistle lesson from today, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. This is true. And we feel it. We feel it in our conscience. Perhaps we feel it this morning, even as we think of how we're tempted to look for signs from God, and we think, I've been doing that my whole life. It's wrong. And this is why Jesus, when it's time to talk about you and me as his sheep and himself as our shepherd, has something wonderful to say. You see, for Jesus, it's not enough for him to say, I am the good shepherd who leads the sheep to green pasture. I am the good shepherd who leads the sheep to the still water. I am the good shepherd who leaves the 99 in the wilderness and tracks down the lost sheep and carries it back and celebrates with joy. This is all wonderful and it's all true. But for Jesus, is not enough. Because his sheep are sinners. We are sinners. And we need, in fact, something more than leading and guiding. So Jesus has this to say. I am the good shepherd I lay down my life for the sheep. I die for the sheep. I am crucified for the sheep. That is for you. And dear saints of God, dear sheep of his flock, this is astonishing and wonderful that Jesus gives us everything, not just still waters and green pastures. He gives us himself His life, His death, His blood, His everything. Because He knows what it takes to rescue and redeem us. He knows what it takes to rescue us from the jaws of death. From the mouth of the devil. So He hands Himself over to these things. He hands Himself over to suffering. He hands Himself over to death. He hands Himself over to the grave so that He can have you. And he's got you. He's got you. He's got you with his resurrection. He's got you with his promise of forgiveness, the forgiveness of all of your sins. He calls you by name. And you, dear saints, dear lambs of the Lord's flock, you hear his voice. 
Remember uh, two hours ago when I started this sermon? (laughs) And I said that we don't have a letter from God telling us what the will is for our life, what the next step is, where we're supposed to live and what to do. Now, that's true. But we do have a letter from Him telling us what He has done. (laughs) And what He thinks of us. And when you hear His Word read and preached, you hear the voice of Jesus, our Good Shepherd, And you hear His promises of love and mercy and kindness. These promises which have no limit and know no end. (laughs) So we ask the question, what is God's will for my life? We might not know where we're supposed to live or what we're supposed to study or what we're supposed to do. But we do know that we're supposed to hear His Word and believe it. And have life in His name. God's will for your life is your forgiveness. God's will for your life is His mercy and peace. And God's will for you is the resurrection. Where you will stand before Him in glory. In a life that knows no end. Because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope.